and welcome once again after an extended absence to Careless Whispod, the podcast where you think you change your mind, you better change it back, or we'll both we'll be both sorry. be sorry. And we'll both be sorry. The both that we're talking about is me, Gary, and I'm Jeremy. That's and, right. And welcome, welcome back. Uh, after the, did you say extended abscess? Absence. Absence. Yes. Sorry, I misheard. Yes. Um, extended absinthe. <laughs> I, I, I went on a binge. Well, you have been in Europe, so... <laughs> it's true, it's so, true. Tell us, how was your holiday, Gary? Was it good? Uh, it was not at all pop-related. I can tell the listeners <laughs> that right now. It was very it was very heavy metal-related, uh, and it was a lot of fun. Thank you for you, asking. You do have to uh, rotate your collection of metal T-shirts. Uh, uh, yeah. I, you just go over there with an empty suitcase. I, I got a whole new wardrobe. Yeah. <laughs> I am wearing one currently. Uh, um, yeah. Uh, would you, do you want to talk about that band at all? <laughs> no, Not particularly. No, 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 no. No, no. Well, you know what band I would like to talk about? Who like? do we want to talk about today? Uh, the Human League. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. if yeah. that's okay. Yeah, the League of Humans. I'd love to talk about the Human League. Sure. Although I do want it noted for the record. Mm. Um, but, well, we should introduce the song we're doing by the Human League. Sure. Um, and I'd like to uh, put that in a form of a question. Yes. Don't you want me? Let's talk about it after we... No, Gary, that's the song we're doing. Wait, what? Um, you know what, though? I do want to on record saying yes. that uh, from the get-go, I don't even know if this is on our list. Uh, I do also really, really like Together in Electric Dreams by this band. Well, it's funny that you should say that. When I was doing the research for yeah. Human League, I, I'm going to be honest, I didn't know a hell of a lot about them before yeah. I started researching yeah, I, this, really. uh, this thing. Yeah, so when, when it was decided that this was the song that we were going to do next, yeah. I was kind of like, oh, okay, that might be cool. I just I don't know anything about these yeah, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I discovered that they did Together in Electric Dreams, and I, I feel like part of Careless Whisper is reconnecting with uh, songs that I kind of grew up with yeah, yeah, that I heard in the car with my parents yeah, on, yeah, yeah. on Today FM or whatever and I feel like I had more of a connection with Together in Electric yeah, Dreams than definitely. I did with Don't You Want Me but um, I did the research so let's so just fucking do Don't You Want Me we're here now <laughs> look we're here welcome back everyone uh, welcome it's, back it's, Cotter it's, well our dreams are our ticket out yeah, uh, it's been done it's so been many done times. So now. many times. Um, well, let's talk about it. Uh, <laughs> All right. So the Human League. Uh, they, they invented music. <laughs> <laughs> that was in my notes. Yeah. <laughs> as um, uh, as told by uh, Vince in uh, Vince the Ma. mighty in the mighty Bush. The invented music. Music, everything before that was just tuning up. <laughs> what is that gloomy racket? That's the Human League. That is electro nonsense. They're electro pioneers. They invented music. Invented music? Yeah. What happened before then, then? It was just tuning up before then. So all the other episodes have just been leading to this moment. Basically, yeah. Yeah, yeah this, is our, this is our shining moment. And I've got to say, so far, uh, we're not living up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe peak too soon there. But anyway... <laughs> Anyway, Human League, uh, they formed in 1977 in Sheffield in England, and they weren't known as the Human League. Let's see, one of the first names they had was the Dead Daughters. Uh, That's so, nice, isn't it? Yeah, it was real poppy. Nice. poppy. 
Well, they, they, they were never originally a real pop band. They were more of an electro band consisting of two guys, Martin Ware and Ian Craig Marsh, who will come up again. Again later. Inter- interestingly, I don't think it had anything to do with this particular track. No, no, they didn't. <laughs> At all. This is, this is after they left the band. So, Because uh... I, think, I think now... Uh, look, we'll probably talk about this later, but... I think history has now been a little bit kinder to the Human League in terms of their uh, contribution to the world of uh, perhaps electronic music. I'd say most definitely. I listen to a lot of their other stuff uh, in preparation for this, and I think you're right. I think it helps them when people like uh, Noel Fielding yeah, 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 say yeah, they yeah, invented yeah. music and stuff. It, and when they become popular in something that's as popular as Mighty Boosh was Bush, at yeah, the time, yeah. then, you know. I'm not, sure, sure it helped. Because, I mean, look, she's not a diva. Let's... Uh, you're talking about... What's her name? Sorry, I've got it down here. So there was uh, Susan Ann Sully and there was Joanne Catherall. Yeah. And Joanne Catherall was uh, the, the, the woman that sang on this track, Don't You Want Me. Yeah. I mean... I mean, she does. She does sound like she could be a waitress in a cocktail bar. Sure. Which, incidentally, it's good that she had that to fall back to on. To fall back on. <laughs> well, it's a bit Wait of an a interesting minute. story. So I probably interrupted. It was an interesting story about how they joined, right? So yeah. Okay. Well, uh, yeah. I'll skip over. They basically started as an electro band. Yeah. Uh, little little bit of. Yeah. Uh, waves in the with live music scene kind mm-hmm. of thing uh i, I recall david bowie uh was at one of their gigs once this oh, is really? after philip oakley had joined the band because they needed a singer and uh, obviously this is before david bowie had died i i didn't check that yeah but we'll assume we'll Look, assume we'll check we'll, it later let's yeah. just say yes yeah. and i'll fact, and check, we'll it fact check it later if it's a problem we'll i'll in the out. next episode i'll we'll, I'll, we'll just correct yeah, it yeah, yeah. okay cool uh, and you know, Bowie said that he had seen the future of pop music from this guy. Really? And and I think that's kind of pretty astute of him because not because the Human League was some great band or anything, but I think it's more the synthesizer. But they were on the, the tip of that synth pop thing. Yeah, man. the synth yeah. electro and kind I mean, of sound. That sound has come roaring back, right? Uh, totally. Yeah. Uh, recently. Yeah. Very, very much recently. So. You know, it sort of it sort of has had a resurgence, and I don't think. Uh, I think I think there would have been a lot of um, uh, albums in in parents' collections, <laughs> so or secondhand record stores uh, uh, picked up. But, totally, uh, totally. Uh, so yeah, look, they were they were struggling to get success. Uh, they had a little minor success with their live stuff. Obviously, Bowie saying that stuff about them boosted them a bit. They released an EP that saw a tiny, like minor success. Mm-hmm. But uh, it had all the major labels kind of jumping on them uh, to sign them up. Not physically, obviously. Well, I, I can't. Again, again, I wasn't there. I want, yeah, okay. I didn't get that. But that in might, my notes. You would assume because it would hurt. Y- yeah, but they might like it. I don't know. Well, it was the eighties. It was an extravagant time. Sure, they might have been so uh, drugged up that they they wouldn't have felt it. Perhaps. Yeah. Maybe that was the only way they could feel anything in the. <laughs> Took a very dark turn very early. Uh, that's what that's what I'm here for. All right, to, to spread the darkness. <laughs> uh, 
and they had Gary Newman kind of rising to success uh, around the time that they were flailing. Oh, really? For, uh, yeah. So they they uh, started out pop luminary. Yeah, totally. They yeah. started out as like these uh, forerunners in the in the electro scene, and yeah. then all of a sudden they they started uh, floundering, looking for a hit, and uh, Gary Newman just kind of came out of nowhere and overshadowed them. Yeah, right, I see, yeah. Uh, so that was partly why, and uh, a lot of pressure from the, the record label Virgin that they signed to, which was Richard Branson's uh, record label. Early, uh, uh, early signing, right? Mm, yeah, so I think they were one of, the, one of the first... Uh, it was that that the, the the label was putting more pressure on them to use uh, more conventional instruments as well as the synth, and to maybe take it in a more commercial direction. And uh, you know, uh, Ian and what was the other guy's name? Uh, uh, Ian and Martin, the the two founders, were kind of not for that. So they, they, they they bailed out, right? Yeah, they kind of recorded some poppy stuff. Uh, with conventional instruments under a different name. They said, we'll do it, but we're not doing it as the oh, human Oh, really? Name. Okay, I didn't know that. Uh, and then um, that didn't go very well. Then the Human League stuff wasn't going very well when they went back to the Electro thing. And so, look, the Martin and Ian bailed. Oh, I've just got here to form Heaven 17. Heaven 17, that's correct. Wow, yes. I didn't know that. They they said Philip Oakley can use the the name Human League, and uh, they were going to go on and do uh, Heaven Seventeen. And just speaking of the name, I I think you would find this quite interesting. Right. The Human League yeah. was taken from a sci-fi war game, so a board game. Sick. From 1974 called Star Force Alpha Centauri. <laughs> oh my god. Which is very apt for us. For us. Because we play... Uh, uh, whoa, 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 whoa. Not on air, Gary. We, we, we don't play any of we those nerd fucking games. We don't do any of those games. stupid nerd We're games. too cool. We're too... We're too hard and street yeah, and cool. Yeah, getting blowjobs from <laughs> cocaine and with our sunglasses on. <laughs> <laughs> That's what cool people do, right? <laughs> Getting blowjobs from cocaine. <laughs> yep. With the sunglasses on inside. <laughs> who's wearing the sun? Uh, is the is the cocaine wearing the sunglasses? Uh, we're wearing the sunglasses. Is everyone wearing the sunglasses? Everyone's wearing sunglasses. Is it like that's the... how you know it's cool? Because everyone's doing. <laughs> everyone's wearing. <laughs> Even the cocaine's wearing sunglasses. <laughs> Yeah, so we don't do we don't go down for any of that. We don't play Magic dork, the Gathering dork stuff. Bloody weird Simic Nightmares. <laughs> I don't even oh. know what those words mean. They don't mean anything. Uh, they mean we don't have a career or life. Um, <laughs> anyway. It's funny because it's true. Um, so yeah. Uh, where was I? The the name? Oh yeah, so the, look, the the two founding guys left the band. Philip Oakley was left with a tour that needed completing yeah. with the Human League, but no backing band. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he, <laughs> he basically, t- they took on a couple of session musos, but uh, Philip Oakley was kind of obsessed with, he wanted a like a female singer, a female backing singer yeah. in the band. And he wanted to take it more pop. So, and he, he thought the female backing singer would help that. And he came across the two ladies who we mentioned uh, earlier, Susan Ann Sully and Joanne Catherall. Uh, 
who was 17 and 18 years old, respectively. They were dancing in a nightclub. He saw them, went over and asked them to join the band, having not heard them sing a bar. Well, obviously. Obviously, (laughs) when you hear this track. And they'd never performed in front of anyone before. Uh, Yet they were part of the band. They were signed on as... uh, They they did the tour and... um, uh, they were seen as so the, the, like they carried themselves so well, so professionally that they were signed on to join the band. They got a like a weekly uh, salary and all this kind of stuff. Wow, it was pretty crazy. Well, well needless to say, it uh, well it worked, didn't it? It worked. So because this was, I'm just uh, number one, first number one for Richard Branson's Virgin label. Yeah. So don't you want me to talk? Don't about you that? want me? Yeah. Yeah. It stayed number one for five weeks. Five weeks in the number one spot. But they had some hits previous to that. They they had a few. Like, they started making a... Well, the, Philip Oakley was in debt to Virgin quite a bit. And he's like, I need to make some money quick. So they started knocking out a few singles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A couple of which ended up on the album Dare, which Don't You Want Me is Years on. on. Yeah. Uh, and they started getting successful. I think that pressure kind of drove him <laughs> to... And... Uh, well, this was, um, it's interesting. So, wait, so is this officially Chart Me Up? Should we? Uh, oh, we, I keep forgetting. I forgot about Chart Me Up. Let's do Chart Me Up. Should, should we do the theme song? Uh, yeah. Sure. Okay. One, two, three. You, t- you started off ready? One, this, two, three. Okay. If you chart me up, is that what we do Ooh. last? And chart me yep, up and never stop. Never stop. Never, never, never stop. stop. We should stop, oh, actually. Okay. Yeah. Right. yeah, yeah. That that's the theme song you're talking about. Sure. Okay. Cool. Yeah. When I look, I had no expectations going in, and I was and, pleasantly surprised. <laughs> yeah. And I've got none coming out. <laughs> um, it was number one, and that was chart me up, chart me up. <laughs> if you chart me up. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah. Where else? Uh, was it number one here? No, I was like number two or three. I don't know. Uh, I, I don't have any chart information on me, actually. Neither do I. So I, so I was like, I just told you what the chart was. It was number one. Um, so, yeah, that's our chart me up for that this. That was our chart me up for this week. <laughs> yeah, sorry, everyone. Look, You can look Still, it up. Look, it up. Uh, look I'm, I'm going to put this out there. It was number one. So, I mean, what more? Uh, yeah. It was number just, one. What yeah, more? Don't. Get off our backs. Jesus. Fuck me, Dad. So, so needy. I want to... <laughs> I want to talk about um, a little bit about the composition. Uh, we, we were talking before about Human League yes. uh, being doyens of the uh, fledgling electropop scene. Let, let's talk about that. Yeah. But before we get on, let's just do a little bit of retooling of the podcast on, on, on the, the mic. On the fly. Okay. On, on the fucking mic. All right. I want to say chart information is usually pretty fucking dry and boring. It is, yeah. And I think... Not having it this time around, well, not we having a lot of it. We already had it. I said it was a number one, first number one for his label. What we're, more do people we're want? Usually, we're usually like, uh, it's number one in this country, and then it was three in that one. And uh, But do people really care? Do you, I, don't, I don't know. Do you care? Write in and tell us if you really, really give care. a shit about that, because I think we can I, just I move on. we can just move on. Yeah. All right. Let it, let it die. Composition. Jeremy, fucking hit me with it. Um, composition. What were we talking about? Oh, yeah. So, um... The Lindrum. Doyens. The Lindrum. Oh, uh, yes. One, I read Lindrum. about this. Yes. It was introduced in 1980. It was like one of the first programmable uh, drum machines that sampled real drums. Mm-hmm. Um, so our friends, Peter Gabriel and Gary Newman. 
used it to great effect. But most famously, uh, Prince, Little Red Corvette and When Doves Cry is sure. probably the most famous song it uses. i, I got to say that Gary Newman is doing a good thing for the name Gary as well. I, <laughs> I often find in the entertainment world, maybe Gary's get, get represented by people that aren't so great. Uh, and i got to say, I'm, I'm a, a proponent for Gary Newman. I, I'm, a, I'm a fan. Ga- uh, so maybe we can have like a segment now, Gary's for Gary. <laughs> Um, totally that's an episode I think it was an interesting time uh, just speaking about sort of synthesizers and drum machines and stuff like that that's sort Mm. of becoming uh, sort of prevalent at this time the musicians union central London chapter moved to ban synthesizers and drum machines from recording dates and live work because they feared that these things would put musicians out of business Right. Um, imagine, imagine that. Needless to say, it was unsuccessful, and I don't think any bass players got any work during the eighties. <laughs> so, in a way, they were right, but were, you know, it didn't work. Were they? F- oh my god! Fantastic. What's that? Phil Oakley recorded his vocals with his songs in the studio lavatories. Yeah, right. I didn't read that. Oh, uh, fantastic! I love that. A that little makes bit more. Really, really happy. The, recorded, the recording was disrupted by uh, someone reaching through an open window from outside to repeatedly flush one of the toilets. <laughs> what else we got, Gary? What else you got for us? Well, I was, I was talking about Don't You Want Me in particular. It was re- Speaking about toilets. <laughs> <laughs> it was originally caught, recorded with much darker music from the... From the new uh, band members. Oh, really? Uh, what's the guy's name? Joe Callis. From he was used to be in the Rosillos, and he joined um, Human League. Uh, well, I don't think this had any like traditional instrumentation on it. This album, I think it was. I think it was of, all drum machine. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, the Dare album was recorded without traditional instruments. Yeah, and synth- that's what prompted the the sort of oh, it's going to put us out of work, etc. Et yeah, because they could all just operate it, I guess, from the, themselves from the studio, which is interesting. Well, this was another case. The Virgin, the recording label, the the, the record label that they were on. The would, label, not the person. No, yeah. no, not you. Yeah. Um, they would often interfere with the Human League sound and what they were trying to do. So, yeah. so they recorded this really dark, harsh version of Don't You Want Me. The label heard it and said, no, that needs to be a bit more commercial and we're going to release it as a single. Phil, Philip Oakley... I keep going to call him Phil. And yeah. I kind of got the impression from his interviews he that like he wouldn't be called, like being called you Phil. You know what? Let's call him Phil then. Yeah. So, oh, uh, Philby, as <laughs> I like to call him. Phil Oakley. Philby. I like that. Philby. Yeah. yeah. Um, Philby baby. He was like, why? Let's not release this song as a single. It's a little bit of filler on the album. It's uh, We've got much more serious and important works uh, to, uh, to um, you know, promote. They'd already had three quite successful singles off the album. That album already, yeah. And he's like, well, you don't need it, and I don't like this song. He still and doesn't really like this song. He, he doesn't. It's... I, I, I watched of reading, he sort of appreciates what it did totally, career, but also doesn't think it's a very good song. That's right. I, I saw him in a fairly recent interview where he's like, look, uh, okay, you're obviously going to talk about Don't You Want Me because 
you know, it was such an important part of the history of the band. Yeah. And I still don't like it. I still don't think it's a great track, but I appreciate what it did because if it wasn't for that track, I wouldn't be here doing this interview right now. <laughs> yeah. Because you wouldn't know who the fuck I am. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. kind of, <laughs> he was spot on about that. That's it. Uh, it kind of makes me think, uh, of more bands that were kind of like ah, yeah. they re- released a really popular song and they ended up hating the song I'm, I'm sure there's a heap of examples on it. the one that comes to mind for me was yeah. um cherry pie by of Warren. course yes that was a the the only major song for them and i know the lead singer hated it up into uh, up until his death and yeah used to drive him mad that that song was kind of popular oh you know what gary i got i got a spicy little yeem coming up for you mate oh yeah yeah what's this yeah he hated cherry pie yeah like, you yeah. see that interview i'm the cherry pie guy yeah, he hates it yeah totally uh let's uh, okay uh, i've got a little listy here Musicians who hated their own hit songs. Ah, perfect. Okay, Robert Plant uh, hated Stairway to Heaven. Wow, really? Singer is quoted, uh, it's it's now a wedding song and it's been reluctant (laughs) to perform it live since the 80s. Uh, Oh, he's not wrong. uh, Madonna, Dunlight Like a Virgin. Yeah, oh, right. Probably because she can't really relate to it anymore. She's so far removed (laughs) from that place now. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure I can sing Holiday or Like a Virgin ever again. I wonder if she um, likes Like a Surgeon by Weird Al Yankovic. <laughs> I think she's she probably relates to that more. <laughs> she's had a bit of surgery done. You know. <laughs> Neil Young, Heart of Gold. Oh, really? To be fair, like I understand that because if I never hear that song again, it'll be too soon. <laughs> um, I do love that album though, Harvest. That's uh, a pretty great album. Ooh, Michael Stipe, Shiny Happy People. Oh, really? Yeah, um, there you go. Again, he probably can't relate to it anymore. Uh, well, his noggin's still pretty shiny. <laughs> <laughs> but he hasn't been happy in years. I, I, Bob Geldof, do they know it's Christmas and we are the world? Look, I mean, I, to be honest, like, really? I can't blame him. <laughs> you have two songs. No wonder you're sicker, you know? And I could go on. There's so many more. I like this Mandy Moore is here. Like, come on. I mean, this list just sounds like it's reaching. Oh, here, here we go. Uh, Jenny Lane from Warrant. Cherry Pie. Yep. Uh, Are there any uh, any quotes or anything? I'm the cherry pie guy. I could shoot myself in the fucking head for writing that song. <laughs> and my legacy is cherry pie. Everything about me is cherry pie. I'm a cherry pie guy. I could shoot myself in the head for writing that song. Caused him quite a bit of depression from it, what I read. Well, uh, didn't, he, didn't he? Did he take his own life, or was I'm it drugs sh- that, that, that he sort of? I'm gonna look that up while you. This I we'll, we'll finish on this one. Yeah. Frank Sinatra, "Strangers in the Night." Really, the great man with him allegedly calling it a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> Old Blue Eyes. Old Blue Eyes himself. Uh, he had a bit of a potty mouth, it seems. Uh, acute alcohol poisoning is what uh, Janie Lane from uh, wow. from Warrant uh, died. You have got to think about like how hard it would be to drink yourself to death. Look, I'll give it a red hot go, <laughs> but uh... <laughs> stay tuned. <laughs> anyway, we've gone a little bit off topic there, but needless to say, uh, Philby, 
Philby falls into that same. Yeah, uh, I, I wanted to ask you. I know you don't like uh, talking about it. You don't have to oh, name any names I know where you're going or any this, song yeah. or songs. But you've been in uh, at least one band that had a, a modicum of success in, a, in a, particularly in Australia. Oh, for sure. Were, were there any songs by the end of it? And you don't have to name them if you don't want to. But by the end of it, were there any songs you're like, if I never hear this song again, that's fine. Or not? Oh. So Philby was definitely part of that list. Uh, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. With the the songs in mind, were they the more successful songs in in the band that you were in? Yeah. 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 <laughs> All right. You know, we're cutting this part. Uh, this part isn't going in the fucking. <laughs> I'm making part. Jeremy uncomfortable, so let's move on. <laughs> just want to be together in electric dream okay um uh let's go on to the video maybe let's do it now <laughs> actually just okay we'll move into the video just before we go to the video i just the, really quickly yes um <laughs> in researching uh well <laughs> researching is in inver- in inverted commas but um i love in all the research it was sort of like you know it gives an overview of what the song is about and i love it how, it says here, the song is about a guy who meets a cocktail waitress. It's like, no shit. No shit. <laughs> it's literally the first line of the song. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, oh, this, this was another topic. Before we go into the video, okay, this, cool. this was another topic that I wanted to bring up with you. A lot of people uh, claim that it's this great love song. And uh, Phil Oakley said, I, I'm, I'm just going from memory here. It's a nasty song about sexual power politics yeah and it's not a love song not a love song at all and if you read the lyrics particularly uh you you want to change your mind you better change it back or we'll both Both be sorry sorry. like when i was researching this i can i can guess i can see why people think it's a nice love song because of the hook because of the chorus don't you want me it's like unrequited love kind of thing but it's really kind of nasty. It's like a nasty... It's kind of like, it reminded me of uh, Money for Nothing, The Dire Straits. It's a nasty kind of lead character that uh, is just a terrible kind of person. <laughs> yeah, like um, Stephen Thomas uh, Erlewin, who's the senior editor for All Music. All Music is a great website, yes. which I've literally been going to, I think, since I was about 12. Yes. Um, I think I literally check the new releases on All Music every <laughs> week. So, Stephen, if you're out there listening, which you're not, thank you. Obviously um, not. But I love this description. A uh, devastating chronicle this. of a frayed romance wrapped in the greatest pop hooks and production of its year. That, that's I mean, a pretty, that's a pretty that's, glowing review. That's a pretty apt description, too. I mean, and he's the senior editor, which, I mean, a kind of... Actually, has me doubting now. <laughs> we listen to the same song. So uh, let's talk. So we're talking about the video, right? Yeah, we've already been going over time. So let's get to the video. Then we'll do our we'll do our money um, shot money shots. So the video was directed by Steve Barron, who we've mentioned on the podcast earlier. He was the same guy that directed the video for Money for Nothing by Dire Straits. Classic. Uh, and who we mentioned then uh, directed the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie, Coneheads, and a bunch of other really good music videos. Did he do The Secrets of the Ooze? Yeah, I don't think he mm-hmm. had anything to do with Secret of the Ooze. I don't think anyone's claiming responsibility, responsibility for that. <laughs> Is there a name they put when they don't want to claim responsibility for it? There's a name they always use? Yeah, what was it? The director that? uses? Yeah, anyway. Uh, 
So they kind of wanted to do something arty with the video, and it's kind of like a murder mystery film being filmed. But it's, it's, a, it's, it's but then it pans out to the people editing the movie. It's and, a bit meta, isn't it? Yeah, it's, yeah. And I mean, the budget would have been huge. Well, like, I mean, they had they had Branson money. Yeah, they had that that sweet <laughs> sweet virgin money. Yeah, yeah. Chris Bills. <laughs> I, I don't really have much technical stuff to talk about with the video. I mean. You you know what? It is it is a a bog standard example, I think, of an eighties video. Clip. Yeah, you know they, what I they mean? are they are very serious in the videos, and I kind of noticed from watching interviews with Human League, they took themselves very very seriously. seriously. Yeah, yeah. And Phil Oakley kind of touched on it, and I'm paraphrasing here because mm. I don't have any of the quotes. It was, he was saying something along the lines of. We take it seriously for the people who listen to us because if we go in and say it's a joke and then people like it, it's kind of like we're making fun of them for liking something that wasn't serious, that we didn't put all of ourselves into. So they like this joke that we made rather than this piece of art that we made. Wow, look. I mean, it, can't argue with a guy like that's you know. It, it's it, I think it's a valid point, but it was very at the same time. It's yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> you can't be that serious all the yeah, time. Surely. Totally. Yeah, totally. I mean, some interviews. I mean, I think sometimes like that that can kind of make it even worse. Sure. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. you know, I think I think the some of the best music. Like I'm thinking about music I like. Certainly none of the metal that you listen to. <laughs> <laughs> But like, I think some of the best music has to be able to laugh at itself. Totally. In some way, shape or form. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I think so too. You know, but yeah. I don't know. They just, in the interviews, were so super dour and serious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they just came across as kind of like, to me, a little bit like kind of snotty art students that were like, oh, you just don't get it. Like we're on yeah, this yeah, level yeah, above yeah, anything yeah. you could understand. It's, 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 which is almost sort of like a parody of itself, totally. really, isn't it? Like, because that's kind of still to this day what you sort of associate with sort of cold synth pop, you mm. know, it's sort of serious, mm. you know, like, yeah, so. I think old Philby's kind of mellowed out. In his yeah, old age, older sure. Age, but, uh. Well, I mean, it, she's it, still, the, the, one of the girls is still touring, right? I think. But he's not. I don't think. Oh, I, I I don't have this info. So. I think she still gigs under um under sort of the name, but I don't think he's got anything to do with it anymore. Maybe I could be making that up. Right in and correct us. So before we go to the money shot, yeah. I just want to mention. For some reason, I want to mention the covers of the oh. song. Uh, I won't spend a lot of time on this because they're fucking dire. Firstly, there's a pop singer called Mandy Smith who did a really atrocious cover of the song. Oh, yeah, her. Super saccharine. Exactly. It was the only one of her songs to chart and it got to 54, uh, 56 in the UK charts. And uh, she was relying on someone else's the song. song, yeah. So and the less said about that, the better. The, yeah. the, that was the final single that she ever released. Okay. Then there was another English band called The Farm who did a version that was kind of closer to the original. Uh-huh. And because it was so close to the original, I'm like, what's the point? Yeah, what's the point? I'm always... Yeah, yeah I'm always sort of... Yeah. The video was just really trying to be funny and that's me like one of the hosts of careless whisper and talk about metal <laughs> saying they were trying too hard to be funny yeah yeah 
Wow. But yeah, it, yeah. But it involved, it was set in a cocktail bar and the singer was singing on a karaoke song. So they're making fun of the oh, fact that they were doing yeah, a cover. Yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah, whatever. And finally, there was a Swedish pop band called Alcazar and they did a version that was pretty terrible. But it seems whoever made the video sort of had an idea of what the song was about. And so there were little glimpses of like the dark uh, nature. They of the- did crying at the discotheque. Right. Alcazar did cry. Yes. I knew I'd heard that name before. It's certainly a song. Uh, yes. <laughs> to continue. Yeah. yeah. There was just a lot of gaudy dance moves, but then there was like real kind of like almost uh, horror movie kind of bits in there. Gary. Was, yes. I hate to break this to you. What's that? Alcazar, the band you're talking about yes. now, did a cover of Physical. What? This is, <laughs> this is another one of your... your no, 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 no. I'm jerks. looking at it right here. It's She did a cover of ONJ's physical. Uh, look, I'm not going to look at the screen. Yeah, okay. It, look, it, let's you're, not... You're clearly joking yeah, right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. Um, let's just do the money shot. Okay, let's do the money shot. Get out of here. <laughs> All right, money shot. What is your money shot when it comes to this? I, I think this is the hardest song I've ever had to choose a money shot yeah. for. I think it's her her verse because it's so bad. <laughs> like she, her voice has like no timbre, you know. Like it's just this semi-spoken verse, and it just sort of punches your ear. You know what I mean? But. She sounds like a waitress at a cocktail bar. I don't know. <laughs> What's your money shot? Uh, well, I think, uh, I really like the way the song builds to the chorus. Yeah. Uh, even though what he's saying is really terrible. Like, you think you've changed your mind, you better change it back with your vocals. It's kind of like building and building and building and then the, like, the chorus comes in really big. I like the kind of staccato, both be sorry, you know what yeah. I mean? It builds into the chorus like that, it's pretty cool. Uh, so... So that was us... That was a haphazard slap That shot. was us talking about every other song apart from the one... Because <laughs> we didn't really want to talk about the one we chose. <laughs> but do yourself a favour, go uh, go out and listen to Together in Electric Dreams. Yeah, and have a better time. Uh, we I do will love see, that song. We will see you next time. Oh, we gotta, we got to figure out what the next song that we're going to cover oh, is. Oh man, I, was, I almost forgot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we gotta, we got to... Um, spin the wheel. <laughs> yeah, look, I'm not, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put this out here. Uh-huh. I I've I've not got a, a zany uh, prop this time again. I don't have a zany prop either. Let's just do it from the phone. Yeah, let's just do it from the phone. All right. it's a lot easier. Yeah. Uh, I've got the phone all ready to go. Look, I'm not even gonna attempt to I think, make I think some the quicker we can crass sort of jerk. Distance ourselves from this episode i think the better look uh, i kind of take the stance of philby from um human league and i think if, if we don't take this seriously, seriously uh, yeah. then we're just insulting the listeners the audience i think what it what we're making is art and yes. if you don't like it well you can just bugger off so now let's per- press shuffle on a playlist on my phone let's do it that's high art yeah here we go <laughs> you like this one Gonna have to yes. You're addicted to love. Oh, you'd like to think that you're immune to this stuff, but you might as well. You're gonna have to face it. Look. You're addicted to love. It's true. Loving it. The great man himself. 
the old palmy boy. All right. So next time we'll be covering Addicted to Love by uh, Robert Palmer. Oh, thank God. <laughs> oh, my God. I kind of have a feeling we're going to have a better time recording oh. that episode than we did this one. Oh, man. Yeah, I, I think by we're gonna the, have to face it. You know, yeah, we're yeah. gonna have to. Yeah. We're we're addicted to pod. I think <laughs> by the time the listeners hear this episode, I would have cut it together so it has some kind of structure. Uh, eat, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> but uh, at the same time, I've had fun. I've we, had fun. Always. We we hope you've had fun too, listening to it, and, joining us on this journey, and, and join us next time. For Addicted to Love on Careless Whispod. Peace. Bye.